This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Yeah, buddy, here I am, live in studio. Love it when we get down to the very last second. Got my man, Demond Cotton, in the studio laughing already. Show's been on the air for about 12 seconds, <laughs> if that. And I think I've had headphones on for about 14 seconds. That is so funny, Raider Nation, no joke. I feel like I'm one of the most prepared people in this building. I always make sure I'm 100% prepared for the show. So I'm standing here in front of the mic ready to go, and I'm telling DeMond, all right, let's do this. We're going to come out the pressure cooker. We're going to come out hair on fire, full throttle. And then all of a sudden the open hits, and I go, damn, I forgot my headphones. How do I forget my headphones? How did that happen, dog? This isn't the first time either. It really isn't. It really isn't. But I really thought I had, like, I thought everything was here next to me. Because I was looking at you. I was like, okay, you know, 10 seconds. It's about to fire. Two o'clock, he runs out the door. Literally. <laughs> Luckily, this is Raider Nation Radio. Yeah. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> when he said, here's your boy Q, I literally just put my headphones on my head. But hey, we're here. We made it. We're all good. That was bizarre, because I promise you, I ran down to the corner store. I mean, that's how prepared I've been today. As I've been all over the city, I was at Allegiant Stadium earlier for the official announcement, the official, official announcement of Super Bowl 58 coming to Allegiant Stadium. Exciting, man. So exciting to know that it's officially here. The countdown is on. And the one thing I'll say about this, that's only two years away. And I know some people will be like, oh, that's, that's a long time. Not to plan a Super Bowl. <laughs> Not to plan a Super Bowl. This is going to be one of the quickest turns or turnarounds in the history of the Super Bowls. I mean, every other city knows well in advance before they're going to have their Super Bowl and that they're going to be hosting it. And so Las Vegas, and I know they'll do a fantastic job. I cannot wait. I know they're going to do a great job, but, man, they got their work cut out for them to get it done quick, fast, and in a hurry. 2024, February 11th is the official date. I love how that's already signed. You're going to start seeing signs already around town. I promise you, countdown is on. That's when you know it's official. Because we've been talking about it, what, two days now, right? Yeah, we've known. Right. And everyone else has known. We talked about it in great length on yesterday's show. But to actually see the signage and to hear the NFL say the countdown is on, like that, I don't know, man. I know it's not going to push the needle for everyone in Raider Nation, but it sure as hell pushed the needle for me. I'm fired up. I'm pumped up about it. Before I get to the guests on today's show, I want to throw out a question. And I'll tell you right now, we have some fantastic guests. A lot of times we'll have three, four, even five guests sometimes. We only have two today, but both of them are what I like to call home runs. We're going to go back-to-back home runs. I mean, I'm so excited about today's show. I've I've been here at the radio station. I think I got here about 8 o'clock this morning, and I've been juiced. Like just, like I say, come out the locker room with your hair on fire. I've had my hair on fire all day day long knowing that today's show is going to be exciting before I get to the the guest coming up matter of fact we got a guest coming up in a matter of few minutes I do want to ask you a question that has to do with the Super Bowl not really exactly the same as what I asked yesterday but do you think now and think about this before you answer you know before you just jump to to answer say yeah or no or hell no whatever your answer is think about it first do you think 
that with the official announcement of Super Bowl 58 being here in Las Vegas, do you think that that's going to force Mark Davis to make sure that he gets his team turned around quick, fast, and in a hurry? Basically, spare no expense, no draft capital, like throw everything that you got to do at this product. I'm not necessarily saying to host the Super Bowl, but to make sure that that product that is on the field throughout the course of the year is competitive enough to be in the Super Bowl. I mean, have you, and, and the reason I say this is, have you ever thrown a party at your house or been the host of a party and that you were the, the worst dressed one there or the one that was, you know what I mean? Like, who does that, right? If you throw a party, you want to be the belle of the ball, right? It's, I mean, it's, it's, that's what it is, right? Of course. I mean, because look, parties ain't just for everyone else's entertainment. Sometimes par- parties are a, a little bit of an ego, you know, stroke you as well. some people. Yeah. You know, hey, I'm going to throw a party. I'm going to have my. Close to 65,000 fans come, or friends come, and guess what? I'm going to shine the brightest. I'm just saying. So, this actually, for Raider Nation that's upset and angry about the way that this season's gone, this could end up turning into a really positive thing, having the Super Bowl here. And I'm just thinking in my head, again, and I'm talking out loud. I'm thinking and talking out loud at the same time. I'm, I'm able to do that. And every once in a while, I even, throw, I even chew some gum, too. <laughs> but I'm saying, <laughs> do you think... Knowing that in 2024, the, 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 the Allegiant Stadium that houses the Las Vegas Raiders, do you think that this announcement is going to force the hands of Mark Davis to make sure he spares no expense to put a winning product out there on the field? Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. You'll have a couple minutes to get your calls in if you want to at 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. That's the question I want to throw out there to you today. Coming up on the show, starting off at 2.15, Richard Dyke. He's joining the show. He's from The Athletic, and he put out a piece on the upcoming documentary that's going to be seen on Christmas Day on Fox. I'm very excited about that, about John Madden, the great John Madden. It's about a 90-minute documentary that you can watch on Fox on Christmas about the great John Madden. So he did a piece on it. He actually got to talk to the people that put this thing together, Tom Rinaldi being one of them. And I know you know that name. Tom Rinaldi's a big deal. When he puts his name on something, it's usually a hell of an event. John Madden's going to have a fantastic documentary. I cannot wait to watch it. Anyone who loves football, not just Raiders, but loves football, should love John Madden because he changed the game. I mean, he's done so much for the game of football. It's ridiculous. I, I, just the name, because he's one of those names throughout football where some people from the 70s, 60s, younger kids today, they'd be like, right. who's that? Don't, no clue. Right. But Madden, everybody knows. Everybody knows for one reason or the other. Exactly. Either he was a coach, he was a broadcaster, he's got a video game. I mean, something. Something you know about John Madden. Old, new, young, it doesn't matter. You know John Madden. So we'll talk to Richard Deitch Dyke at, uh, at 2.15 about uh, all things uh, John Madden in this documentary coming up. And then at 3.05 from NFL Network, Steve Weish, he'll join the show. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame voter. Of course, he's around the game. Uh, he knows the game like the back of his hand. He'll also be on the call for the Raiders and Cleveland on uh, on Saturday in Cleveland. And who knows who's going to be playing in that for the Cleveland Browns. There's so many players and coaches that are down due to COVID. And I, I get it. It's only Wednesday. Who knows how it will change by Saturday. Uh, I don't never root for guys to be out, players to be out, but Baker Mayfield all of a sudden he uh, tested positive for COVID. I mean, there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of guys that uh, you know are on the on the COVID list right now, and and it could go a bunch of different ways between now and and Saturday. I think they're up to like 18 players 
It, it, it that 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 is correct, and I I think we should have a wait and see approach to it, right? Because hey, some of these guys they might pass their test because you got to get two negatives in a row. Right, they could be cleared by Saturday. They, they, I mean, they very well could. It's Wednesday, and you're supposed to have 24 hours in between the tests. But I also have seen reports that the the NFL and the NFLPA are trying to reduce that from two to one. So now that, I know bending the rules, so, though. That's, I will say that. <laughs> I got to keep these rules strict, you know, as follows. I'll say this: with as many COVID positive tests. And I don't care how anyone feels about COVID. You could feel whatever way you want to. It does not matter. That's what's holding people out of games right now. So with every test that's becoming a positive, if they're starting to get negatives, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to see them, too. I want to see these teams full throttle. I want to see Baker Mayfield play on Saturday. I want to see Jarvis Landry out there. I don't, I, I'm not looking and saying, oh, man, these guys are out. Then the Raiders have a great competitive event. I'm not saying that at all. I never root for injury, and I never root for anyone to have COVID and be out. I don't. I want this game to be as as close, as full throttle as possible. And then, by the way, if the Raiders go in there and win and the Browns are without 18 people, what's the narrative going to be on Monday? What, what, what are we going to be talking about on Monday? Well, you, you you beat a team that had a bunch of COVID. You're supposed to. That's all it's going to be. Is that, is that, is that how, I don't, I don't want to see a victory by way of like forfeit or just because you're down to your second and third string people. Nobody wants to see it, but my response will be, so? <laughs> That's just not the football I want to watch. But you're right. I mean, you go out there and play with who you got. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. But it's not my style. It's not what I want to see. I want to see as many as possible out there uh, that are that can go and put on an entertaining game. So let us know, Raider Nation. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Do you think the official announcement of Super Bowl 58 being here in Las Vegas will force Mark Davis to throw everything he's got to make sure that that product that he's putting out on the field, the season or two seasons leading up to the Super Bowl, is a quality winning product? Want to hear from you, and then we'll get to Richard Deitch, The Athletic. He's from The Athletic, does a fantastic job. He wrote all about John Madden and the upcoming documentary. We'll talk to him next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 214 is the time. Want to kind of let you hear something to get the, the blood flowing a little bit, to get you a little juice and a little amped up. John Madden got a documentary coming out on Christmas. You can check it out on Fox. And we're going to talk to Richard Deitch from The Athletic, who did a piece about it. We're going to talk to him in just a second. But before we do that, I want you to actually hear, if you have not seen the trailer of it yet, I just want you to hear it because it is fantastic. Football is my life. That's something that I say proudly. But it's complicated. Can't write the history of professional football without John Madden. First thing, jumps out of the hands and yelling and screaming at guys. He's a coaching genius. Downhill, full speed, boom. Said, well, you can't win them all, and I said, Why the hell can't you? When you're the head coach, you live and die without reply. And you don't stay on top forever. Retirement signals the end of an era and perhaps the end of a dynasty. We didn't know what he was going to do. I wasn't a guy when I was coaching to say, I want to get out. I want to be a broadcaster. Good everyone, Dick Stockton with John Madden. I'm Vin Scully along with John Madden. But I knew after I did the first couple games that that's what I wanted to do. This is it. I embraced it. John does a rehearsal game with another young sparring broadcaster by the name of Bob Costas. How high is the shot? And you look like a 12-year-old kid. I don't know what's going on there. Pull to the right. Boom. And boom. 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 Right there in the alley. Boom. John had this energy that came to life. CBS just saw something that they hadn't seen before. John Madden. 
made me a better player. I was pretty good. <laughs> he just made me better. Simple as that. I think the audience perceives what's genuine. That's who he is. The same guy who just happens to have extraordinary football knowledge. He made everyone want to watch football. If you just heard his voice in the distance, Hi, I'm John Madden. John Madden. that was a TV you had to run to. You know, he coached with a passion and love for the game. He went into broadcasting, changed the way football was broadcast, if not greater sports. Changed the way America celebrates Thanksgiving for crying out loud. Now this is what the game of football is all about. There it is right there. That's the trailer from All Madden. You can check it out on Fox on Christmas Day. Very excited about that. And also excited about our guest that's on the phone lines now, and that's Richard Deitch from The Athletic. Uh, he did a nice piece in The Athletic about that. It's called uh, uh, Inside Into the New John Madden Documentary. Definitely check that out on The Athletic. And, Richard, thank you so much for the time this afternoon. And uh, as you could tell, pretty pumped up about this documentary. You caught up with Tom Rinaldi and Joel Santos. They, uh, they did the heavy lifting, really, behind this documentary. How much fun do you feel like that they had putting this thing together and uh, talking to all the people about John Madden? All right. Well, first, good to be with you. Secondly, the news at Las Vegas has a Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, right? this, is, like, this, this is like literally like the hangover on steroids. I, I, it's going to be like Caligula, <laughs> basically, in 2024. So, so congratulations to the city. But uh, Thank you. My God, the excessive partying that's going to happen is, uh, is insane. All right. So in terms of the um, – in terms of the documentary, listen, the filmmakers, uh, Tom Rinaldi, I think people know because he's on air, and then Joe Santos is a behind-the-scenes guy at Fox. I mean, they had an extraordinarily fun assignment. They traveled the country to interview some of the most famous football names that we've come to know, from Bill Belichick to Bill Parcells, Joe Montana, Lawrence Taylor, um, you know, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes. The list is really, you know, it's essentially like a who's-who Hall of Fame. And all the people wanted to talk because they really – I think appreciate Madden's influence on certainly on broadcasting, but even beyond that, just sort of his he's a he's a he's a unique figure in that he had massive impact as a football coach, given you know, Raiders Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. His record is exceptional. If you look at his winning record, a winning percentage, still among the highest of any coach, you know, given the amount of games he coached. Then he has this extraordinary success as a broadcaster, most popular broadcaster by far of his generation. It's probably the reason Fox was uh, initially as, excess, as successful as it was because they stole him away and football legitimized Fox. Football and the Simpsons, basically. And we're going back a little bit, but that's the reason why Fox sort of became Fox. And then finally, the video game, which probably most people under the age of 30 know John Madden mm-hmm. for. They don't know him for his previous work, but this is, you know, the most successful or one of the most successful video games of all time. So the guy has just, he's, he's known for from you know, for, be, with multiple generations right. and known, like, significantly. So his impact is massive, and the filmmakers, I think, had a ton of fun. And the, the interesting thing to me was just that nobody turned him down. They All these very, very well-known people wanted to talk about John Madden. Right, and you know what? That's exactly where I wanted to go next. I mean, what does that tell you about a person in general if everybody wants to talk and is willing to talk from everyone that you mentioned and then a whole lot more that were willing to be a part of this because they know the greatness of John Madden? Yeah, I mean, I think it, what it tells you is we're talking about a massively influential figure in the world of professional football. Um, you know, in the last 50 years, you know, there's people like, obviously, Pete Rozelle, and you can name your commissioner. If you want to put players, you know, you would think about people like Tom Brady, obviously, and 
and you know Terry Bradshaw, whoever else won massive Super Bowls. But he'd be on that short list, short list of the most influential, impactful people in pro football. And again, this isn't to say Madden was a saint, because I know, you know, there are behind-the-scenes people who said he was a hard-ass. He wasn't always the easiest guy to work with. But his impact was so massive. Again, if you just, you know, it's a little bit of a back-in-the-day thing, but, you know, I can tell you, if you were alive in, like, the early 90s of, of a certain age or late 80s, like, John Madden was a massive person on commercials. He was a commercial pitchman for everybody. So you basically, you would see this guy on Sunday and be with him for three hours on the biggest game. You'd also see him during the week, you know, whether it was pitching beer. Um, he traveled the country in his big uh, cruiser, so he met a lot of just sort of everyday Americans and connected with them that way. So he really can't be duplicated. There's, just, there's not going to be another broadcasting figure close to this guy. I think, you know, the closest to Madden was probably before Madden, and that was Cosell. Mm-hmm. Cosell but he was different in himself. You know, he was brash. He was bold. He had the connection with Ali. He was much more into social issues and, and that kind of impact, where Madden, Madden really just had the impact of just being sort of like an everyday guy with millions and millions of people who, who love the NFL. And, um, you know, he's 85 now. So it's, you know, you don't know how much more time John has on this earth. So it's a good time to sort of look back on his impact and what he meant to sports. And a great Christmas Day gift, right? <laughs> I mean, man, it doesn't get much better yeah. than that, being able to see this and Good. watch this documentary. Man, coming up. Yep. Lead, on... Leads in. Leads, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's, just, it's a lead in. Fox has the, I think they have Packers somebody. That, then it's the doc, and then the um, and then the doc leads into the late game, which I think is on the NFL Network. Right. Yeah, that's going to – I mean, I'm telling you, it doesn't get any better, and it, it just gives me another excuse to stay uh, locked in on my TV and watch everything going on on Christmas Day <laughs> and not be very, very active at all. Right now we're talking with Richard Deitch from The Athletic. He did a documentary or did a piece about the documentary on John Madden, the all-Madden documentary coming out on Christmas. And one of the big things as I was reading your piece was that Rinaldi and Santos really wanted to make sure Madden was involved in this heavily and and did a you know in front of camera interview which he hasn't done in over 10 years and he did it and that was massive into the production of this yeah i mean listen you could obviously do a documentary on madden without madden's involvement it would be a little bit different obviously you'd have the voices of others carrying the piece but to get him i think just makes the documentary sort of brings it to a different place he could react to what people are saying about him he could give you firsthand stuff on just what his career was but again, he hasn't done uh, a sit-down interview in about a decade. He's 85. There's a lot of people protective of him, obviously. They're protective of the legacy. So Rinaldi and Santos had to make um, a couple of trips to Madden's home in Pleasanton, California. Madden's longtime agent was there, a guy named Sandy Montag. The head of Fox Sports, the chairman, Eric Shanks, knows Madden for a long time. The guy who is in charge of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman's broadcast now, a guy named Richie Zions, he's the lead producer. He was there. So all of Madden's like, tight circle was there to sort of make him feel comfortable, get a sense as to whether this would be something uh, he wanted to do. And I give Fox credit on this. They really are protective of Madden. And I don't think they were ever going to put the guy in a position where you know he's, he looks embarrassing on air mm-hmm. or he's sort of not all together there. But filmmaker said he's still sharp. He's obviously 85. His voice is a little uh, lower. Obviously, imagine his energy is not the same level. But they said his mind is sharp, sharp still for 85. And from the trailer, again, I haven't seen the whole film, but from the trailer, you know, for, for an 85-year-old guy, he looks on point. Right. So I think <laughs> my sense is that it's, it's going to be, again, th- this isn't uh, 
you know, you're not getting like some deep, dark secrets of John Madden. This right. isn't going to be that kind of documentary. But if you like Madden, and obviously I would imagine people in Las Vegas really like the guy, just given the history of the Raiders, I think it's going to be something that's going to be really enjoyable because, again, there's just so many well-known people who are major, major, um, you know, sort of members of the NFL who are offering their um, thoughts on his impact. And so I expect the doc to be good. And Ronaldo and Santos are very good filmmakers. And I, I, I don't think they would put out a product that's not quality. Agreed. A hundred percent. When I saw those two names behind it, as I was reading your piece again on The Athletic, I thought, oh, this is going to be fantastic. And I, I don't know if you could tell, but the whole time you're talking, I have a big smile on my face because I just, in anticipation, you know, I just think that this is going to be such a fantastic documentary. What did you learn the most, or did you feel that you learned the most as you were talking to Rinaldi and Santos about this event? I think the thing that sort of, um, I'll tell you what, I, what sort of struck me the most. The, what struck me the most is that Fox really gave these two guys essentially an unlimited budget to do it right. So they traveled the entire country. I mean, they interviewed Bill Parcells at Saratoga, just which for your audience is a racetrack in upstate New York. They interviewed Madden at his home in California. They interviewed Montana in the Bay Area. Uh, they interviewed a couple people in the southern United States. They interviewed Belichick at Gillette Stadium in Massachusetts. So, mm. I mean, this is not an, this is not an, this is not an inexpensive project. Right. So they were willing, you know, and again, as someone who's written about this stuff for a long time, you can honestly do a very cheap documentary if you want to make it sort of like just a mediocre project. Mm -hmm. You know, you use a lot of archival footage and you don't, you don't travel to do firsthand stuff. But it's very clear that Fox, plus of I think how many people really care about Madden at, that, at Fox Sports, they decided to bankroll this. And again, I think given that, it's why I expect this thing to be to be really good. I, I just, again, it's like, am I saying it's like uh, the OJ doc or, or uh, you know, the multiple, multiple part uh, Jordan doc that we saw last year? Right. No. But I, but I think for a 90-minute documentary on sports, I think this will be pretty good. I think this will be one of the things you see this year and you're like, all right, that was pretty cool. I'm glad, I'm glad I invested my time. Right, exactly. And the thing about it, what's even better, and you've already talked about it a couple times, is the fact that, yeah, Raider fans are going to be locked in, but just football fans in general for multiple different reasons, will be locked in. That's the other thing about it that I think is so special because he touched so many people. And, and like my guy, DeMond, who's about to ask you a question, he, he said earlier, generations know John Madden for multiple different reasons, either coaching, the game, uh, you know, being a broadcaster, or whatever, just from commercials. I mean, just anything. Everyone knows that name, John Madden, and that's what's going to make this so much more special. Yeah, seriously, I, I would bet, like, we are talking a very, very low percentage of people under the age of 30 who, who know John Madden coach the Oakland Raiders like I just that's just not how they're connected to him but you ask that demographic let's say who's John Madden I guarantee they know that game I get most likely you know most of them if they're sports fans have probably played it or at least seen it so yeah you just again like that's the thing it's just like he's the rare guy who like what he sort of initially was most famous for he, he is no longer famous for that he is famous for something else. And then in the middle of all that, he was famous for being a broadcaster. So again, he's, he's just, there are very few people in sports who I think can connect to like multiple generations. I don't even know if Jordan does um, because Jordan doesn't have a video game. You know, Michael Jordan doesn't have a video game the way Madden does. So again, he's just, he is a rare figure in American sport in that he has touched the lives of people, you know, between the ages of 15 and 75. That, that's a rare dude.
Yeah, Richard, I was just thinking of all the ways that John Madden has impacted people. Yeah, even a little joke that I was thinking, I was like, he gave Frank Caliendo a career. <laughs> he wouldn't even have a career without That's impersonating correct. Madden. But yeah. uh, one of I would things- say, if you, yeah, if you have the Madden tree of people who's, ha- you know, who he sort of ultimately has given careers to, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, Madden Cruiser drivers to Frank Caliendo, mm-hmm. it's, it's probably a long list. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, so what I wanted to ask you when you were talking to Santos and Rinaldi, was there anyone that they were just, like, gushing about who they got to talk to, who they were most excited to interview for this project? Yeah, that's a good question. They really gushed about Parcells. Um, they, got a, they, got, they spent clearly a number of hours with them. Um, I'm sure part of it was the setting. As I'm, uh, I'm a New Yorker, so if you, I've been to Saratoga. It's really beautiful. Obviously, there's some beautiful racetracks on the West Coast, but... Saratoga is a really, really beautiful place if you're in a horse racing. And they interviewed Parcells, uh, again, right outside the track at a casino hotel there. So they were really gushing about that. They just uh, they said they could have talked to Parcells all day. The thing about Santos and Rinaldi and uh, what they told me, and they're correct about this, the reality is you, you, could do like, you could do like 10 documentaries on John Madden just based on his different, sort of the different lives he's had. You know, you, you, you could do an entire documentary just on his Raiders career multi-part documentary on his Raiders career, just given the success that they had. And so I think that's what they were excited about is that, you know, they had these really interesting interviews, but they really just touched the surface because they had to, they had to try to compile the guy's livelihood, you know, 50, 60 year livelihood into, um, you know, into 90 minutes. But again, like you could do your own documentary on Madden as a Raider. You could do your own documentary on Madden as a broadcaster. You could do your own documentary on Madden as a video game maker. And you can do multiple parts on each of the things I just mentioned. Again, this is what makes the guy unique. Yeah, and to add along that, they also said that they asked Madden if he could coach any player today, it'd be Patrick Mahomes. So Mm. did they give you any more about what he said about Patrick Mahomes? Because that's one of the most curious parts that I want to know. And and did they tell you how many current players that they interviewed? Yeah, here's a good question. Um, They just said that Madden, Madden would build a team around Mahomes, given that offensively he's doing things that um, that no one else in history has done. Um, they didn't really go beyond that. They did tell me they told they told they told this to Mahomes, who I think um, has probably been told that before because I, I believe that <laughs> Madden has said that before. But he was very very flattered. I'll tell you one that I don't that did not make the piece. They interviewed Lamar Jackson because I guess again I'm not a gamer, but I think Lamar Jackson has been on the cover of Madden if once if not multiple times. Um, and I imagine if you're a gamer, like playing Lamar Jackson is really probably fun because obviously he's probably rating the game is super high and he told Ronaldo and Santos that when he found out he was on the cover of the Madden game he was close to crying and he's not a crier but it just meant so much to him because growing up as a kid he said he learned a lot about football just playing Madden and so to be on the cover um as a pro was like a massive massive like lifetime achievement for him so again just think about that like you know you got one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL um, just talking about like what it means to be on the cover of this video game that again like was was created essentially because of John Madden's fame. But yeah, they told me they talked to Mahomes and Lamar Brady. The Belichick obviously is a current a current coach. Andy Reid, and in terms of a current coach, those are the five that I know. It's very possible they talked to somebody else who's still playing, but those are the the active people that I know.
Yeah, as a 25-year-old, that I, I can see why Lamar <laughs> would say that. Because And then Lamar in the game, if you got a quarterback with a speed over 90, game over. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm a not a gamer, game. but again, like, yeah, I t- basically every my little knowledge of Madden is, like, I know that there are certain people, if you play, like, you're in – you're in good shape and like whatever. Lamar Jackson, like 2019, I guess is like uh, it's lights out basically if you got that guy in the game. So right, exactly. I mean, he he is literally a, a video game while he's out there on the field. Anyway, as we're watching, we're watching a real exactly. life video game. And Richard, we started this off talking about Las Vegas and getting Super Bowl 58. So I want to kind of close it up with that as well. I mean, you've been covering sports, you've been covering football for a long time. You've been doing a, a hell of a job. Did you ever think that there'd be a time when we'd be talking about a Super Bowl coming to Vegas? When at some point. You couldn't even talk about Vegas in a Super Bowl broadcast, let alone think about being in Las Vegas. <laughs> Las Vegas in the NFL? Right. Spreads, no gambling. way. No what? way. <laughs> yeah, this, this doesn't exist in the NFL. No, I mean, again, like, had you told me this, had you told me Las Vegas would get a Super Bowl 10 years ago and there'd be legalized sports gambling? Like, I, yeah, I'd be like, well, play, you know, nice, nice to see you from Saturn or, or Jupiter. No, like, it's inconceivable given what the NFL used to talk about when it came to gambling. They were so sort of anti-gambling. They were really fearful of corruption in the game. Pete Rozelle in particular, like, I mean, he suspended guys basically for getting paid by casinos just to be like greeters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's stunning. It, it's, you know, Las Vegas is a great sports city, so it doesn't surprise me that, um, you know, a team, like uh, I think the Vegas Golden Knights are amazing. That's an incredible success story. I have no doubt the Raiders will be a success um, uh, on the field, obviously, particularly, you know, playoffs will help, but they'll be successful. It's just a great sports town, and so um, I am not surprised. Like, sort of, given where the NFL is now, that the that the game is there. But had you told me this six, even something as short as six, seven years ago, right? Like, uh, no, I, w- I would have been like, this this is inconceivable. There, <laughs> the NFL wants no part of no part of Vegas. I will say this again, as somebody who writes a lot about media, there is nothing more hypocritical and amusing to me than the NFL, which has now taken multiple, multiple millions of dollars from some of these. Uh, you know, casino uh, or sports gambling type places, but yet they're still afraid to mention over unders or point spreads on their broadcast. It's right. like incredible. Like they're they're ca- they're collecting all this cash, but they're just sort of still very uh, almost virginal in terms of like hiding the fact that these ga- that people are betting on these games. It's very silly to me, but at the moment, you know, you're not going to hear the Jim Nances and the Tony Romos mention any of this stuff. But I I find that personally silly, just given how much money the NFL is taking from these places. Right. They're, they're swimming in the deep end, but they're acting like they're just walking around in the shallow end. <laughs> yeah, what... right, exactly. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, we got to, like, we're, we're in a world of Ferraris and Maseratis, and, and Roger Goodell's going to, going to work on horseback. I mean, it's a little ridiculous at a certain point. Right, absolutely. Well, Richard, great stuff. That's Richard Deitch from The Athletic. Has a fantastic piece. I do encourage you to go read before you watch the documentary on Christmas inside the new John Madden documentary, How Fox Sports Pulled Off Its Expensive Adieu to the Hall of Famer. Richard, great stuff. Thanks for joining us and giving us a little bit of insight, and we cannot wait to watch this documentary on a Christmas Day. Thank you so much. You got it. Enjoy the fellas. All right, there he goes. Richard Deitch, hey, fantastic right there. Great way to get things kicked off on today's show. Uh, man, I'm telling you, when I saw the, the trailer to it and then I read the piece on The Athletic, which I try to check out each and every day just to see what's coming up on it, uh, that, that just really got the juices flowing. So very uh, thankful that he was able to join the show. And big shout-out to Vic Tafer as well, who kind of made the connection with uh, me and Richard to help that helped get that interview orchestrated. So thanks to Vic Tafer from The Athletic as well. And before we take a quick break, uh, got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, Q&D. The trailer for the upcoming documentary on Madden, wow, this is absolutely giving me goosebumps. I cannot wait for this to come out on Christmas Day. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. 
Looking forward to it. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. That's the way to wrap up the interview. 2.35 is the time. When we come back, we'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. Anything that's on your mind, Super Bowl 58, does that put more pressure on Mark Davis to get this thing right on the field? We'll talk all about it next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. To help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Many thanks again to Richard Deitch from The Athletic on Twitter at Richard Deitch. That's Richard D-E-I-T-S-C-H. If you want to follow him on Twitter, check out his work on The Athletic. Does a fantastic job. Just join us to talk about John Madden, the documentary. Uh, he did a behind-the-scenes look uh, talking to Tom Rinaldi and Joel Santos, two of the guys that uh, helped put that thing together. It's going to be on Fox on Christmas Day, so you, it's something you definitely want to tune into. Many thanks for him joining us, giving us plenty of his time in the last segment. Right now, we want to go out to the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. Got my guy, Raider Mark and Henderson. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Q? Chilling, brother. Chilling. Blessed. Hey, man. Like I said, man, great meeting you a couple weeks ago, man. Yes, and, sir. Uh, hey, go Navy, man. Beat Army. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. But, Respect. Uh, hey, man, great segment, man. That was a great interview, man. Can't wait to see uh, uh, the Madden on Christmas, man. That's going to be fantastic. Man, you made an interesting com- uh, question, man, as far as Mark Davis going for it. Hey, if we can able to, to get maybe Russell Wilson or uh, – Rodgers, or if you re-sign Carr, man, and get some weapons around him in the next two years, if we win a Super Bowl here in Vegas, it wipes out 20 years to me, man. I don't know about you, Q, but it, it'll wipe out the last 20 years of, of, of just being mediocre and not good. Uh, so it, it's fantastic to have a Super Bowl here. Uh, I just think, man, on Saturday, we just got to you know get two tight end set, do some play action, run uh, Regas a little bit, get him involved in the game. Take some deep shots, man, and uh, just come out with a victory. I know, I know, Cleveland's going through a lot of COVID issues, mm-hmm. but I think that's the key to the game, man. Two tight end set, man, because you know Clowney and, and, and that Miles Garrett, yeah. man, they be coming after. Mm-hmm. So we got to do a two tight set a lot and try to run the ball as much as possible because the weather's going to be, you know, it's going to be raining. So uh, you know how Carr is in the in, in the rain. So he did good last year, but you know, I I, I don't know. So I, I want to know your opinion on that, man. But I, I think, man, if we can get a Super Bowl in the next two years here and win it, I think it's going to race 20 years, man. What do you think? There you go. Thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, it was great to meet you. Uh, it's always great to meet everyone that I get the opportunity to shake hands with and, uh, you know, be able to chop it up with in person. Uh, shout out to you. Definitely appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell you right now, man. <laughs> If the Raiders were to play in the Super Bowl, and of course it's a big if. I mean, there's 32 teams that want to play in the Super Bowl. Don't get it wrong. If they were to play in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58, it would be hard for me to reflect back and be like, well, you know, 2020 or 2021, they had that second half of the season. It would be hard for me to reflect on that. It would be, I would be locked in on the moment. Now, I get it. It wouldn't erase what's going on. Like, you just can't forget about it, history. But I could be persuaded not to, not no. to really talk about it too often. Let me set the picture for you. You're doing the pregame show leading up to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, brother. You would you would forget about the past duh, twenty years. Duh. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie, you might crown here. Let me tell you this. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. If for some reason they were to host the Super Bowl and we had a pregame to the pregame and I was part of that and then let off and passed the sticks on to JT and Eric Allen, which I know that it's a it's a you know Compass Media broadcast at some point or not even Compass Media. I think it's another Westwood One. I believe it's Westwood One uh, broadcast for the Super Bowl. So we're not technically part of it. But man, if if for somehow they let your boy onto the broadcast, it's over. 
It's over, dude. I don't. I'm not looking back at nothing. I don't care what happened last night. You know what I mean? Like everything is full throttle, full steam ahead. That would be awesome. But I mean, again, I don't want to get too hyped up because, of course, like I said, 32 teams want to play in the Super Bowl. But man, I just think that that would be so cool. And I do think that knowing that the Raiders are going to be, you know, the Allegiant Stadium is going to be hosting the Super Bowl. That I think it's just going to put a little bit extra fire under Mark Davis to make sure whatever. He's trying to get done, done this offseason is going to get done. Let's talk to our guy, Mitch, in New Jersey. What's on your mind, Mitch? Hey, Tim. Happy holidays, bro. Yeah, you too, brother. Uh, good show. I want to piggyback a little bit last night. Um, you don't like anything anything Hershey's chocolate, chocolate chip cookies, all in all? I like Reese's. I'm a, Re- no, I'm a Reese's guy. Peanut butter cups, I love the peanut butter cups. I love peanut butter, but I don't, but I don't like the peanut butter and, and, and chocolate. I don't eat them very just, often, though, because it's it's too sweet. It's too much candy. I'm just I'm not a candy guy. Even <laughs> though I did go and get some M and M's before the show started today, so there you go. Oh, you cheated a little bit, but that's alright. Yeah, you I, won't cheated, come back, I cheated. Man. I cheated that's on good. my Reese's with some M and M's. You can ask the Lions and Jets. Lions and Jets. They don't want to be in a Super Bowl. It seems. I don't know. I'm almost. I actually like the guy being reborn. Other than Derek Carr, and I love the defensive line, I, I've had it with all these the wide receivers. I like, just throw it to the tight ends. I've given up, and of course, uh, Renfro. That was a steal. And he, he's the slowest guy, and he's the best receiver. And he's, um, he's, he's, not, he's not really slow. I mean, he's sneaky fast out there. He's sneaky fast out there. So you got you to gotta, uh, respect that. I know a lot of people think that Hunter Renfro is slow because he looks like he's, he, he could be slow. I remember when he caught his first touchdown pass when he played against the Houston Texans uh, his rookie year. I was at that game, and uh, I, I was actually out in the stands talking to a buddy of mine, and he caught the pass and ran right towards us. And I thought, damn, he's fast. And I remember asking him after the game. The Raiders lost that game to the Texans. Uh, that was the one where Arden Key put uh, put his cleat in, in Deshaun Watson's eye. And he had multiple opportunities to get him sacked, and he didn't. And you know, we all know how that shook out. But they lost that game, and that's when we still had locker room access. And I remember asking him in the locker room about his experience getting to the end zone. He told me straight up, everyone always thinks that I don't have you know some speed, so they don't really they don't go full throttle after him. You know, they don't they don't go as fast as they should after him until he's already too far out of the way, then they're like, oh, damn, we're trying to catch this dude. He actually told me, and not in those exact words, but basically people don't think I'm very athletic, but he is. He's very quick. So as far as just the wide receivers go, I don't know. I don't know what – I think that the Raiders truly need a, a, a number one wide receiver. I know Darren Waller is a number one target, but I think that they need a number one wide receiver really badly. You know, Henry Ruggs was on his way to, to being a very good target – I think him and, and Edwards together kind of combined for a you know maybe a 1B type wide receiver, but they need a legit go-to guy. Just a dude, and I'm just saying Devontae Adams only because we know he's a legit number one guy. They need a, a, a stud wide receiver that is going to demand a lot of attention, and he's going to go out there and make tough, contested uh, catches, uh, and whoever the quarterback is, Derek Carr, whoever, is, is, is going to be comfortable throwing in the ball and trusting he's going to go up and make a play. So uh, I, I think that's a big deal that they need. I like Brian Edwards a lot. I like what he brings to the table. But in this moment where he's had an opportunity, it looks like he's had an opportunity to step up. You really haven't seen it. You just really haven't seen it. So thank you so much for your call. Uh, who's up next, Damon? Raider Tone and Modesto. Raider Tone in the 209. What's up, Raider Tone? What's up, bro? Hey, man. Hey, uh, Q, man. I, I always, man, you, I'm telling you, I've said it 20 times, and guys probably just said, it's great having a forum where we can hear you guys promote the Raiders, talk about the history, have, a, have us cry and complain about the Raiders. It's, we didn't get that debate, even in their, in their glory days. But I, I appreciate what you guys do. 
hey man, it's a good day for the the Raiders, man. Um, getting the getting the Super Bowl. I mean, you won't believe this, but there was a time they thought Mount Davis at one time they were going to try to have Super Bowl there. That would have been in, incredible, but it never happened. But um, hey, I'm excited. But Sunday, I want to I want to ask you about Sunday, Saturday. Um, okay. If the Raiders show up somehow and steal this game. Will all the fans change me back on the bandwagon? Are, are, are the real silver and black guys, silver and black people going to be there till to, to the wheels fall off? I, I didn't turn the game off Sunday, man. I stayed in till the, till the very end. I'm looking for some sort of bright spot. Um, do you have a weather report, too, on what it's going to be like on Saturday? Uh, I can check. I can check on that. And th- thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. I'm not sure of the weather. I'll check it, and I'll definitely pass that along to you in just a matter of minutes. Uh, I'll say this. As far as if the Raiders win on Saturday, then it will get the conversation of, well, maybe they can run the table. Maybe they can win four more in a, you know, or three more in a row. Maybe they can close things out on a, on a four-game winning streak and, and sneak into the playoffs. And that's fine. And the one thing I'll say, and I've seen this a lot, and unfortunately a lot of it I see on Twitter, and I'll tell you, man, I tell you that Twitter is a cesspool all the time, and it is – even worse than than I used to even uh, talk about, just because everyone it's like someone wants to bite someone's head off. It don't matter who it is. It's just like, hey, let me just go ahead and cannibalize you. That's just, I mean, it's just what it feels like. I, I literally have people on Twitter right now telling me and Demond that we're about to get fired and that they know people inside the building, the station's about to get, uh, you know, about to go away because they're pissed off at the Raiders. Like it's it's so funny, and it's just it's it's hilarious on how everyone wants to lash out because they're mad at the team losing games. So it's our fault and they're angry about it. It's, 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 it's the crazy. Fault. It, it, right. Of course. And so that's fine. I mean, whatever. I just think that it's, 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 it's so weird. And then you'll hear people and you'll see people say, uh, Oh, this, you're not a real fan or you're this, like someone said, if whoever was in front of the Henderson building, the intermountain healthcare performance center, he had a bag over his head. So he's not a real fan. Look, that dude was out there at like 7 a.m. angry about the performance that he saw on Sunday. If that don't tell me that you're a fan, I don't think anyone who's a casual fan of any team is going to just go stand out in front of the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center in the cold with a bag on their head trying to display their anger. And I'm not saying that that's the correct approach. I'm just saying, how am I going to fix my face to tell him that he's not a real fan when he's standing out there on the sidewalk in front of their building, in front of their job, saying we demand better? Hell, if that ain't a fan, I don't know what is. A fan stands for fanatic. Exactly. He ain't doing that for no reason. He ain't doing that for blanks and giggles. Exactly. He ain't trying to make the news. He's just trying to let everyone know that's driving in that building in the morning. This is unacceptable. If Adam Hill doesn't take that picture, we don't even know about it. We don't even know about it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Shout out to Adam Hill for taking the picture. But I, I don't get involved in the fake fan, real fan, if this person, bandwagon fan. Look, you display your fandom the way you display your fandom. Some people are over the top. Some people are just kind of chill and relaxed. I don't care. Whatever works for you. I've tried to express this so many times, and, and, and this is not to your call. I'm just kind of going on my own little thing now. I've tried to express this. I'm a fan of the team, but I'll be damned if the team is going to stress me the hell out. I get more stressed out trying to, you know, talk back and forth with the fans on Twitter or anyone who calls a station or texts a station. I get more stressed out trying to communicate with people that – I thought appreciated what we do than I do with what the team does on Sunday or Saturday or Thursday or Monday or whatever the hell the day because it don't make me it, it doesn't do anything for me. If they win, awesome. If they lose, okay, they lost. I got to deal with it. I still got a job to do. Exactly. Like, and JT said it earlier where it's just like, who wants to do doom and gloom radio? Right. Nobody. We don't try to bring this on. We're not trying. You know, people. Are, oh, you guys are too negative about what we don't want. Or the last ones want to be negative, but we're not going to lie to you. We're not going to be. Oh, hey, hey, look, four games in a row, no problem. 
They haven't done that all year. What makes you think they're going to do it now? Also, a weather update. Um, we're looking at 42 degrees in Cleveland on Saturday, 90% chance of rain, and a 16 miles per hour wind. So, I mean, it's probably, it's definitely going to rain. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Last year, it Expect was what? Little, it was just super windy it was, last No, year. but remember, it was, they, they, they called it a new word. Remember, it was like sleet and, and snow. It was, it was something that they, I forget what the word, it was almost like sheet. And I had to be careful when I said. I think you might be right about no, that. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that word because it, it was something different that they combined like sleet and snow or, I forget what it was, but it was, it was, it was ugly. And it was a very low scoring game and the Raiders won. Got a, a couple quick text messages we'll get to, and then we'll take a break and get to the top of the hour, and we'll be talking to Steve Weich from NFL Network. Actually, we'll join him at 3.05, so you have a couple more minutes that you can call in. Uh, got a really good text here from uh, Nick out the 808. Q, what up? Raider Nick out the 808, big fan of the radio show and podcast, but don't no Raider fan that doesn't live in Las Vegas really care that the Super Bowl is going to be there, or the Pro Bowl, or the draft for that matter. The Raiders have zero, and I mean zero, chance of hosting that game, so it'll be just another game won in Allegiant Stadium by a team that's not the Raiders. Uh, that's Again, that's from Nick, Raider Nick, out to 808, and I'll just say I'll just say right now, you might be right as far as you know some Raider fans. I don't think all Raider fans or no Raider fan that doesn't live in Vegas care about that. I think it's, I think it's a big deal. I think it is, too, and also when he said, like, oh, they have no shot, I bet when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when that Super Bowl got announced and they had Jameis as their quarterback, they're like, hey, why do we care about the Super Bowl being in Tampa? We got Jameis. And then in one offseason, you get Tom Brady, and it's just like, hey, Super Bowl's in Tampa. Right. So you never know what's going to happen, and I know you don't, it's, it's you don't two know. teams away, but I'm just saying, anybody, you it like, doesn't look, look I, To Raider Nick's point, I get it. It doesn't look like this is going to be a team that's going to be knocking on the door of the Super Bowl, but you, like to your point, you just don't know. You just don't know how good they could possibly be by then. I, and so, but I get it. As far as just no fan caring about the Pro Bowl or the draft, I've been to many drafts and I've seen a lot of Raider fans there. I've been to Tennessee, saw a ton of Raider fans there. Been to Philadelphia, saw a ton of Raider fans there. Been to Dallas, saw a ton of Raider fans there. And all these are drafts that I'm talking about. Chicago, same thing. Same thing, man. I'm telling you. There's going to be Raider fans that are going to be up and down the strip for the for the draft with their Raider jerseys on yelling Raiders when the Raiders go to the podium to make their pick. If if I'm lying, I'm dying. I promise you. I promise you there's going to be a bazillion Raider fans excited and fired up about the draft. You might not. You might not get hyped up for the draft. And that's okay. The draft's not for everybody. The Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is very hit or miss. The one thing I'll say about the Pro Bowl, if you're an NFL fan, regardless what team you're a fan of, this is an opportunity for you. It's almost like spring training in baseball where if you go to it, you have an opportunity to meet and greet your, your favorite players that are there because the players are a lot more relaxed. They'll sign autographs. They'll take pictures. They'll do stuff like that. So if you're a football fan in general, you might want to go just to check it out. And with it being in Las Vegas instead of, you know, back in the day it was in Hawaii. Then it was in Orlando. In Vegas – Hell, you might get a, you know, you might have a hell of a weekend. You might arrive in town on Friday, leave by Monday and enjoy everything. And then, oh, by the way, you're running into the Super Bowl that's going to be on February 13th at SoFi Stadium. So there's a lot of different reasons why a Raider fan will enjoy these different events. But like you said, it's not for everybody. But I wouldn't say it's not for anybody, if that makes sense. Real quick, was Grapple? Yes, 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 yes. All right. We got that text. <laughs> hey, thank you. Hey, whoever said, I'm sorry, I don't have the name there, but whoever sent that, thank you, thank you. It was, it was Grapple. 
What the hell is grapple? That's what the weather was last year in Cleveland. It's a combination of a bunch of different things, but they called it grapple, and I had never heard of that. So, yes, th- thank you so much. That is awesome. I appreciate you hitting us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. 256 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two. We might have time to squeeze in one call before we get to Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. And, boy, there's a lot to talk about with him. He's going to be on the broadcast in Cleveland for the Raiders and Browns coming up on Saturday. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.